Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for listening in today. I really appreciate it. So on today's episode, we have country artist Dakota Danielle. She is originally from Teutopolis, Illinois, and is now living in Nashville, Tennessee. And I am a big fan just from getting to talk to her and listening to the song that she's allowed me to play for you today. Uh, I think that her songwriting is really powerful. And I think her story is very powerful. She's been through quite a bit. And she's endured more than most people should ever have to endure in a lifetime. I'm going to let her tell you all about that. But uh, first, I'm going to play her song, First Man, that she wrote about her father. And I hope that you enjoy it. So, without any further ado, here is First Man. You know, this would be my your dad. He's a Catholic, that I am. Going to church, going person. Heard you writing your church song, so I figured I'd uh, check you in on that. Call me whenever you know. Right, bye. He was just a man stuck in his ways with a lighter in his pocket, smoking two packs a day. Get a Dodge Dakota, didn't travel very far, just to work in the mornings and a stop at the bar. His skin was thick as leather from a torch of a welder, but his heart was as big as could be. The first man to hold my hand, the one who made me feel safe again. He was the first man to ask me to dance, twirl me around like a princess. He was my first kiss, my first. Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody. It is your host, Katie Thompson, and with me today, I have the lovely Dakota Danielle. How are you doing, friend? Hey, good. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be talking to you today. As am I. So as uh, as Dakota and I have been discussing, uh, I've come to find out that she has not been on the Music on the Move showcase yet, and that is going right. to happen. I am going to talk to Aaron and be like, guess what? I have got another artist for you. <laughs> Awesome. I'm looking forward to this. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, it's it's a really cool community of like-minded women who play their butts off, and we have a wonderful roster of artists, and I think that you would be a lovely addition. So I promise you, after we're done with today's interview, I'm going to talk to Erin and be like, hey, throw her on the next showcase or get this, like, figured <laughs> out because it needs to happen. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome. Yay, I'm excited. Me too. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And then hopefully Meg will get to play in the backing band, and then it'll, you guys will just have a big old jam <laughs> sesh on stage. Yeah, she's so much fun to play with. Yeah, she is. She's a lovely girl. Super, super cool. All right, so let's let's kind of dig into your, your back history a little bit. So you are from Teutopolis, Illinois, correct? Yes, and I'm so impressed that, like, 
right off the bat, you pronounced it right. <laughs> um, I don't know how I did it. It's complicated. I just, it is. It's it's very complicated. <laughs> I just took a look at it and was like, well, I could either really botch this or I could get it. I mean, it's 50-50 chance. You never know. So <laughs> I'm glad that I got it. <laughs> so so tell us what it was like growing up in Tatopolis and, you know, maybe a little bit about the music scene up there. Yeah. So it is a very small town. Um, there's one church, there's three bars and there's, there's no stoplights. And I'm sure there's, there's multiple small towns exactly like mine. Um, but growing up in mine, it was just similar to any other small town. The community is just there for each other and everybody knows each other you know, you, you can't really get away with anything. Gossip goes around like crazy, but that's just like, you know, that's, that's what being from a small town is all about in my opinion. And I love it. I loved growing up in my hometown there. Um, I graduated from a class of my high school class was like 92 students. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I know. I literally knew every single (laughs) high school classmate. Um, and then the overall high school, total was like 400 students if I remember right so it was like pretty it's small very small um but the music scene there um was kind of like so there was a town close where we would always go to get our groceries and it's the name of that town doesn't really like help the name of my town that I grew up from because <laughs> that that town is called Effingham oh wow <laughs> so yeah I know so anytime I'm trying to explain where I'm from to people it I just can't win because it's either Effingham or Topless T-Town for short so they always kind of look at me like what <laughs> um but no that town is is bigger and there was places to play there but when I was going to school and actually um, growing up in that hometown, I wasn't really focused on music. Um, I got kind of a late start. I was really big into tennis all through grade school, junior high, high school. That was kind of like my family's thing growing up was you, everybody played tennis. And um, it wasn't until like my junior senior year of high school I was just really burnt out on tennis because I would play it like during the school year I'd play it all summer we would travel and do all that stuff and I just got really sick of it and I wanted to learn something new I needed like you know where in life you sometimes hit those those points where you're like I just need some type of change yeah so that's how I felt kind of my junior or senior year of high school and I ended up finding my mom's old guitar in a closet and she did not play like granted I had no idea that she played an instrument until I found this like tucked away in a closet and it turns out she like only played just a little bit of guitar for college and her sorority um but me finding that guitar was just I'm that type of person where I randomly think of ideas and they're like crazy ideas and sometimes, like, I follow through, sometimes I don't. And this was one where, like, I was like, I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. And I, like, ran downstairs and I told my mom and she was like, Dakota, like, we gave you piano lessons <laughs> and you, like, you quit that and hated it. Like, we're not going to pay for your guitar lessons. We don't think you're going to stick with it. And I feel like 
any other person and I had the same reaction as pretty much what any other person would have where I was like, oh, well, fine. Like, I'm going to do this. Like, I was like wanting to prove it to them. Yeah. So I like saved up money and I paid for my own guitar lessons. I paid for my own guitar and I took lessons with my like local band teacher there in my hometown. And I just, I fell in love with guitar more than I did piano, surprisingly. I don't know why, because I love listening to people play the piano, mm-hmm. but something about me playing the guitar was just like a total, like, different thing than me playing the piano. And that is kind of, that's how I got started. I fell in love with the guitar, and I, me playing the guitar um, got me to, like, start singing along with the songs that I was playing with guitar, and that started me singing. And then once I got comfortable singing and playing, that's when I started writing and just everything weirdly and oddly just kind of fell into place from there. That's awesome. So I went on a really big tangent there. I apologize. But... No, no, that's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm looking for. No, thank you for that. Um, so, okay, I want to ask who influenced you during this time of growth with your guitar? Um, I definitely... Like, I can remember my first couple of songs that I learned with guitar. And one was Stand By Me by Benny King. Yeah. And then the other one was Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. Ugh. So um, the Stand By Me song, I don't know why, just really, like, resonated with me. And that really, like, just connected with um, my love of playing guitar and just music in general. But when I started to learn more and more Miranda Lambert actually became a big influence with me because one like her songs I feel like when just starting out singing were a good fit for me Mm -hmm. um and so she was kind of a big influence there and still to this day because oh my gosh I love her I agree Miranda's (laughs) one of one of my favorite songwriters oh my gosh yes I love the house that built me oh my gosh that's one of my favorites I can't listen to that without crying (laughs) right I know same because I like I had to like that is similar to like I've had to go through that so I that last song is I love it it's a beautiful song and that one and uh Tin Man Mm. My, yep. mom, my mom is actually mildly obsessed with that song right now because of the performance that Miranda gave when she, I think she did it at the CMAs and she did it just acoustic. Have you seen that performance yet? Oh, no, I haven't. I'll have to YouTube it. Okay, so there's a story that goes behind that. Um, apparently, her plane had got delayed and she wasn't able to practice with the band that was supposed to be backing her. So she was like, screw it, I'll play acoustic and just went on stage in front of God and everybody and played the song acoustic when she's supposed to have a full band backing her up. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so go her. I'll, I'll send you the link. I'll go find it after we're done. But yeah, it's it's probably one of the most breathtaking performances that I think I've ever seen her give. That's probably what I'm going to do after this is go look it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to it. Okay. Watch it. So, all right. So talked a little bit about growing up in T-Town. So can you can you talk about like your journey from T-Town to 
Middle, T- Middle Tennessee State University and talk about, you know, what you studied there? Yeah, I, so I graduated um, from Little Old T-Town, and I actually went to Southern Illinois University Carbondale first oh. um, for three years, and um, I was going to go into advertising. Oh. And I, because I just knew I wanted to do something creative. Um, and at the time I didn't know you could do music as a career. I like was a hundred percent oblivious. I was just doing music, like playing guitar, singing, writing, because I loved it and it made my soul happy. Um, I got a job at the local newspaper there on campus and I had a manager and a boss who were big into music. One wrote poetry. And he found out that I, you know, played music and I was kind of a songwriter. And he's like, hey, I have this poem. I would love for you to put music to it. And I was like, okay, you know. Um, I was like up for the challenge and I really, just because it was fun and I wanted to, you know, just learn more about everything. And I put music to his poem, showed it to him at work one day and he took the my song that I recorded for him and showed it to the, the boss there. His name is Jerry. Um, and Jerry, I don't, he saw some potential in me and he actually kind of took me under his wing and he taught me a whole bunch of stuff. He taught me like, gave me my first experience recording Oh, cool. And um, he also got me started with singing lessons. He um, like got me in contact with a vocal coach. And then he also like taught me how to take care of my guitars because I like just was I didn't know, you know, Um, my parents weren't really musically inclined. So I was kind of on my own um, on all of that. So he took me under his wing and kind of taught me what he all knows and we're still in contact today um but three years into it I decided to switch to music because I guess I I found out Carbondale actually did have like a music business degree so I switched and started taking music classes at Carbondale and they had a class that you would take trips to Nashville and so every I think it was like once a month you would take we would take a trip to Nashville and like meet some industry people and then drive back to the campus. And I just fell in love with Nashville. And one of my good friends told me about MTSU and I looked up the campus and she was going to move and transfer to MTSU. And she's like, you should come with me. And I was like, man, like, I don't know if I want to do that. I like, I'm going to be graduating this year. (laughs) I only have like one year left of college but it turns out a lot of my credits transferred to Middle Tennessee State. And the one thing that made me want to go to Middle Tennessee is because I learned already, like, all I had all of the music classes. So I had the ear training and all of that, the music theory. And, oh, my gosh, that's a whole other story in itself because <laughs> I was a black sheep. I didn't, have, I didn't do band in high school. So <laughs> I definitely, like went to the tutor and like probably cried every day (laughs) trying, uh, trying to catch up with like everybody, but it was so worth it. Um, 
Um, I, if you don't mind, I do want to talk about that for a second because I, yeah. I went to a conservatory, so I understand exactly okay. what you're talking about, but I think it'd be really cool if you kind of painted a picture of what you went through in those classes and feeling like that black sheep, because it's tough. It is so tough. Yeah. I just, <laughs> what, I remember the first day I will never forget it. The first day I was so nervous because this was my first day actually walking into the music building on campus. And I was so excited and so intimidated because this was all new to me. Like I was just diving in because for this whole time, ever since like high school, this was just something I loved to do. I didn't know you could get a degree in it. I didn't know you could have a career, just music related career because nobody in my family has ever done this. And, um, it was new and exciting. And I remember my first class of the day was music theory. It was like music theory 101 or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just, I remember, I can still remember where I sat. And we looked all around and the teacher like kind of does a review in the beginning. Like, oh, like how many of you all know this and this? And I just remember like, every, you know, everybody in college classes also like, I feel like you always have to go through and introduce yourself. Right. <laughs> Um, and I just remember everybody in the class had like professional musician parents and like has, they would all say like, oh, they've done band and like played everything. And when the teacher was like going through all of the, well, granted the whole time in my head, I was like, thank goodness I had piano when I was like seven, (laughs) because at at least I know what a quarter note is. And at least I know what a half note is. And like all of that stuff, like I could, I knew like that basic stuff. Mm -hmm. But man, I remember looking around and just thinking to myself, I really need to make good friends with these people around (laughs) me because one, I'm already kind of clueless on the first day. <laughs> and two, I was like, this is going to be a long road. Yeah. Yeah. But I found like the first couple of days I found a tutor and I did, I went to, I would go to my classes all day. And then when I was done for the day, I would go to my tutor and I would practice music theory and then after the tutor was music theory, I'd go, I'd go to the tutor for my piano classes. And then I'd go to the tutor for my, um, ear training and like sight singing and all of those classes. I would, I had a tutor for every one of them because, you know, I was determined to catch up to the other students. And I was actually fortunate because the, the other students in my class actually really were willing to help me because I think they, they saw and realized how hard I was trying to like learn and catch up to where they are because the difference I, I noticed now in my life than back then, like back then I was like, Oh my gosh, like, um, I just need to catch up. I need to pass. But I feel like now looking back, I'm like, if I grew up playing music and had to take these classes, I probably wouldn't have worked as hard. Right. Um, and also knowing like that I chose to take these and I, I realized my passion for it and I genu- genuinely had a love for it. And I was just intrigued to learn more 
and to get better at my craft, I feel like really helped me mentally, like learning going forward through all that stuff. He was that man who you never saw cry with every aching pain. He was all right. You were well and had and worn out blue jeans above my bottom was his choice of dream he would come home just before it got dark hand me a lotto and snickers bar the first man to hold my hand the one who made me feel safe again he was the first man to Well, and, you know, a lot of people don't understand the daunting task that it is to actually be a music major. You know, most people don't even know that the credit hours are comparable to, you know, someone who's a pre-med major. I mean, for for every ensemble that you take, you're expected to practice, you know, an hour to two hours. Well, what if you're taking three ensembles on top of your private lessons, on top of your gen ed courses. I mean, it's, it's a very daunting task. And then for you to walk in and, you know, not have any prior training from high school. I mean, I've got to hand it to you, girl. Like you're brave as shit (laughs) because I've been through, I've been through a music program. I mean, I know how hard it is and I really just respect the hell out of you because that is, thank you. That is a feat, and I'm and I'm also really encouraged to hear that your classmates were so open to helping you and answering your questions because you know a lot of a lot of music schools can be very intimidating and very cutthroat, and not a lot of people are always willing to you know outstretch a hand and help somebody. So I'm really glad that you had such a an amazing experience. Yeah, I did. I I feel very lucky in that aspect that I like was surrounded by people that, you know, saw I was trying and was willing to like help me and, and understand where, like, understand that I was behind. And like, you know, I accepted, I was like the first day I was like, I am 100% accepting that this is going to be incredibly hard, <laughs> but I'm going to do this. <laughs> like, cause I love it. Um, but yeah, like it was, I will say that I am very proud of all of those music classes and I don't regret it for the world. I would take all of those nights of crying (laughs) all over again because it is worth it because I I feel like I have the knowledge now. Um, And when I transferred to Middle Tennessee State, all of those music classes transferred and I like automatically had a music minor oh that's (laughs) awesome (laughs) I know so I was like this is great I got my minor done I only had to go like an extra year so it wasn't bad at all so I graduated in five years rather than four wow good for you (laughs) (laughs) 
but yes, that music minor is definitely well-deserved. Yes. It was hard earned. (laughs) Yes. Well, good for you. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I always tell people that, you know, college was like really probably the worst four years of my life, but I'll be damned if I didn't get that expensive piece of paper at the end. (laughs) Right. And I'm, I'm a better musician for it. I am. So like we're, was your experience like good like did you have classmates that were like now yours wasn't cutthroat or anything was it Mm. or where did you it was actually it was pretty cutthroat oh really yeah and um so I will say this that probably the best thing that I ever did for myself was actually I joined a sorority and um it was a music sorority and I made everlasting friends there. I mean, these are people that I, I still talk to on a regular basis and that was really a saving grace. Um, but college was really hard for me. I, my, my band program in high school was good and I learned a lot, but I honestly did not learn enough and Mm -hmm. trying to go to a school that is like kind of elitist and really, um, just really tough. I mean, the program is just really tough and rigorous. Um, there were many nights of crying on my tutor's shoulders cause I had tutors as well. And, uh, halfway through, I ended up switching from music education to music business and technically doing what they call dropping out of the conservatory, even though I was still in the school. Uh, I just switched mm-hmm. my major from a bachelor of music to a bachelor of arts. And when you do that, the degree becomes, it, it, it's a little less rigorous. It's a little less hard because the program's slightly structured different. And, but when you do that, everybody kind of looks at you like a pariah because it's like, oh, you didn't make the cut, you know? Oh, yeah. So, and I was, yeah. I was a percussionist too. So I was in like a, you know, a male dominated field. And a lot of the guys in the, um, in the studio were, assholes and they basically just you know they just looked down on me because I was a female and when I dropped out of the con I was labeled as someone who couldn't cut it but the funny thing is is a lot of those guys aren't even musicians anymore and I still am (laughs) there you go so man so you yeah we can totally relate with each other on that land yeah absolutely well and that's why I'm just I'm so happy to hear that you had such a a great experience, you know, for somebody who was coming in with not a lot of knowledge base and, you know, you put the work in and that's, that's what it's about. You know, this industry is hard. It is hard, hard, hard. So if you're not willing to really, you know, put in the blood, sweat and tears, then, you know, it's, it's hard to get ahead. So. That is so true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, all right. So we've talked a little bit about college. Now let's, let's talk about, you know, some of the things that happened after college. So, you know, um, you've opened up for Easton Corbin and Way Jennings. How was that? It was very cool. Um, it was just acoustically, but it was just like the Easton Corbin was probably my favorite because it was in like a theater. So like mm-hmm. I had a huge stage, um with like a like the curtain and stuff so it was really cool um and yeah they're just like those are opportunities where you're like wow like I got this opportunity to do this and they're just those things that you never forget and like Wade Jennings was really cool too because 
that one was just kind of like it was outdoors and um it was kind of like for it was I'm trying to remember it was for an event of some sort um I don't I honestly don't remember what it was for but it was it was like an event thing um (laughs) throwing a blank but um they were both it was so much fun and both of those times you're just like wow like I got this opportunity and you're just so thankful and you know you just keep trucking along in your career that's awesome yeah well okay so uh let's also talk about your first single that reached over 70,000 streams. Yeah. Was that one church? That was, yes. Uh-huh. Wow. It was, oh my gosh, that was so cool because that was like my first debut single. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your first single you release as an artist, it's very scary because that's like your, like your first song you're putting out. So that kind of like labels you a little bit, you know, like this is who I am as an artist so I was really nervous releasing the song but at the same time that song was like it is who I am because it's about my hometown where where there's one church and three bars and um you know I wanted to kind of just release it because one like I love my hometown and that's where my roots are and and just to have that response to it was amazing and it still is amazing like I'm still like I still get people like commenting like if they listen to my like music or whatever they they all like love my the one church song or always comment about it and it just it's I don't know how to describe it. it's just like an awesome feeling to know that like the music you write and release people relate to it and people like it you know you always love hearing if someone like has related to your song or like they like your music, it just means a lot. Yeah, it does. You know? And you know, the, I don't know about you, but watching other people sing my songs back to me, that's what gets me the most. Like when they've learned the lyrics to an extent and they could literally sing it to you. Yes. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to make me cry. I know, right? <laughs> you're just like, wait, wait, like keep singing, but oh my gosh, you're going to cry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I feel, yeah. And um, I think a, a lot, like, I have a lot of, like, in my hometown, a lot of younger kids that, like, I feel like really um, look up to me and they, like, always, like, love to, like, come up to me after a show or something and I just I absolutely love it because um you know just to just to know that like I'm kind of like a role model for them um or just kind of like you know them them just really like loving to hear me like sing a certain song like or something like that it just it's so cute (laughs) and I can't and I'm just like oh it like hits my heart but um the one church song really has like you know done well for me and I will forever be thankful for that and a lot of other my songs like my song um forever like I've had like cool experiences with a lot of my songs like my song forever I this was before COVID but I actually um was in Illinois for a year and I released my song forever and I went around to different schools and talked about like to young kids 
grade school and junior high. I maybe did high school once, but um, junior high and grade school were kind of more like up my alley um, with my speech. But I, I would go there and I would play music and talk to the kids about anti-bullying and self-empowerment because I, I would tell my story about, you know, how I didn't, I had this like dream of playing music and learning to do music and how like hard it was, but I was determined. And I went to the tutor. I kind of just told them my story that I just told you. And that was a really cool experience with that song. And I still get kids sometimes today being like, Hey, like you went to my school and stuff like that. And that's just, it's a really cool feeling to have people in your corner and support you with your music. It's just really cool. Like all ages. That is so incredible. Oh my God. First, thank you coming from, you know, I, I'm an, I'm a music instructor. So thank you so much for going and talking to all of these kids about, you know, about your music and definitely about, you know, having an anti-bullying policy. That is incredible because I remember when I was a younger student, I remember, you know, some of my heroes coming into my schools, just local heroes. And, you know, some of these people were musicians and some weren't, but that always made a major impact on me. And I know that, you know, from my teaching experience, when, when you have the availability in your schedule and in your life to, to try to, you know, open the minds of children to, you know, either music or just open their minds to a different way of thinking. That's, that's when change really begins. And I think it's just incredibly important that you did outreach like that. So thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, it was, it was actually, I enjoyed it a lot. And I honestly, like, I'm not a great public speaker, but, um, and this was my first time kind of doing that, but I, I loved the experience and I loved getting to like meet the kids. And I had a few of them actually like reach out to me afterwards, asking questions about like just music and being like, where did you go to school? Like, I love to play. Like, I love to sing, you know, just kind of like, I guess reaching out to me as like a little bit of a mentor. Um, and that was just such a cool feeling that knowing that I did reach a few students doing that, you know, and like, or I reached them to where they felt comfortable reaching out to me and asking for advice, if that makes sense. Yeah. That was cool. Wow. That's awesome. I just, I love it when when there's like an education piece behind music it you know I'm not a band director and I definitely don't want to be but I still am a music instructor and I find so much that when artists really step out and they work with younger students you really affect change it it means a lot to the student and you know and you never know because of what you have done for some of these students one of them might turn into a musician who really becomes something someday yeah and that's that would be so cool yeah that's a that's a gift that's a beautiful thing I know I I do love I love and fully believe in music education like I think it's cool I had it like in great like you know in grade school you had those like classes yeah (laughs) and that what do you call that that little uh flute no, not oh, the recorder. But you know what I'm talking about? The recorder. I remember those classes. Yeah. Yep. But. 
That's cool. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the song One Day Closer or One Day Closer yeah. to You. Yeah. I just actually played that song last night oh, in the good. writer's round. Yeah. Right, so um, that tell one... me the story behind that one. Yeah. So that is probably one of my favorite songs. Um, mainly because it was kind of a turning point, um, a a huge turning point in my life. Um, I lost, so in 2018, I lost my mother. She died of a heart attack here in Nashville while she was visiting me. Um, and I'm just going to tell you the whole story. So it makes sense. (laughs) She, um, passed away of a heart attack and my dad was battling stage four lung cancer. Wow. So when she passed away, I took a year off and I, well, I didn't really take a year off. I still did music. I, I said that wrong. So I moved from Nashville back to Illinois for a year to take care of my dad. And while I was there, I was journaling and I was trying to process um, my mom's loss, but also knowing I have to step it up and take care of my dad. Um, So I just journaled and everything that I, you know, felt emotion wise about my mom's loss was in this little journal. And I, every now and then I would get to take trips back to Nashville because I wanted to stay somewhat connected to the music industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad fully supported me and everything was like, was always, no matter what, anytime I had an opportunity in Nashville, he was like, go, 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 go. And like someone from my family would step in and be there for dad while I went to Nashville. So, um, one weekend I, I came back to Nashville and I brought my journal that I wrote all of my feelings with, and I knew I wanted to write, I wanted to write a song for my mom called one day closer to you, because that's how I had to look at it. Um, I know it's kind of a weird way, but I had to change my perspective, um, of kind of making it a positive thing in order for me to like feel okay with moving on a little bit or trying to move on. Um, and me saying to myself one day closer to you in the aspect of enjoying every single day, knowing that like you eventually will, I'll eventually see my mom again. Cause me and my mom were best friends. I'm an only child. So both of my parents were my best friends. And, um, I went to Nashville and I, I already knew who I was going to write it with. I was going to write it with my best friend who like before I went to Illinois, we were writing like every week with and her name's Jessie Lynn kid. And we still write to, to this day. Um, and I showed her my journal and we just kind of put the song together and we, we both cried and it was like an emotional moment, but, um, writing that song just, I don't know, kind of like made a weight lift off of my shoulders a little bit. Like I finally like was able to kind of let go of those emotions and start the healing process. I think that is why One Day Closer to You will be always my kind of favorite song because 
every time that I listen to it or I even like play it out because now I can actually play it out and be okay. Like before I couldn't even like, there's no way without breaking down. Um, But that song will always signify to me my first step in the healing process of my mom's loss. And then um, I feel like I, that's going to be a, it was kind of a trend because um, when my dad passed away, I just released a song about my dad and that was my second healing process, like first started the healing process. And that's what I love about music. That's for me, that's what music, music has really helped me in my personal life, just heal and be able to cope with things that I have gone through. And I feel like that is similar to a lot of people, you know, well, it's it's one of the best forms of therapy that there is because when you finally have the strength to put everything out there into a song, it's out there. And then when you when you actually put it out, you know, via iTunes or Spotify or whatever, then you're you're giving a piece of yourself to everybody who listens to your music and you're giving them the opportunity to meet you at a level and you know, coming from a listener standpoint, listening to somebody's song, you know, talking about, you know, grieving the loss of their parent or a loved one. I mean, everybody is at some point in their life, either been there or is going to be there. And your music could be the thing that gets them through that time. And I think it's very strong and courageous of you to write songs, not just for one parent, but for two parents. I mean, that is that is an insurmountable amount of loss. And for you to be okay just even talking about this is huge. I mean, so many people wouldn't be able to do that. And I just, I think it really is a testament to how much music has helped you and also to your art. So thank you for, yeah. for sharing that with everybody, not just, you know, not just here, but just with everyone. When you put out your music, it's, it is a real piece of you, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's, um, important. I mean, I have gone through a lot of healing. Like I took that time to make like heal and do all of the grieving process things um but really you know you're never done you're never done grieving um but I just think it's important to tell my story just so other people who like because there's there's other people who have had 10 times more loss and have you know but I just feel like it's important for me to tell my story and release those songs because I don't want anybody to feel alone in that because I know that you can really do like, even if you have like a whole bunch of friends and um, a big family, you can like just feel very isolated sometimes in that grieving process. And that's why I feel like it's important to, that's why I release my music. And I feel like if it helps me, it might help someone else. Like you said. So, yeah. Yeah, well, and that's I mean that's the purpose of music is to find connection with others and so that we we don't feel alone. And I think that it's a very big gift that you're giving 
your listeners and new listeners just to be able to say, hey, I've gone through this. I lived through it. You can live through it. You know, I mean, yeah, that's that's huge. And that's that's what saves people. Let me rephrase. That's what saves people's lives. Music really does save people's lives. And, you know, the pain that you feel and that you've been willing to put into your music you know, yeah, everybody's pain is different, but what if, what if somebody feels a similar pain? What if they, mm-hmm. what if they feel it on the same level that you have felt it? Just knowing that you both have felt this and you're not the only ones, that's life-saving. Yeah. And I just, I, I, thank you. That's all I can say is thank you. Well, well, because I, you know, I've, I've, talked with many of my friends who are not necessarily musicians but they're you know avid music listeners my Mm -hmm. you know one of my super close friends he told me once he said you know if it weren't for the music of Coldplay I probably wouldn't be here and you know as a musician and as a songwriter it was just that was a moment that just kind of like it struck me because I could never imagine my life without him in it. You know, he's a very close friend and we've, yeah. you know, we grew up together and stuff. And so it's just in that moment, like, I know I'll never ever be able to thank Coldplay for what they did, but I'm just glad that they did it. You know, that whatever the music was that was getting him through that time. And I think, you know, for your music and the loss that you've suffered, I mean, you just be ready for that conversation because it might happen to you one day. Somebody might come up to you and say, thank you for writing about your parents because it's what got me through. Yeah, that would be, man, that would be just, I don't even know if that moment (laughs) happened to me, that would just be kind of like surreal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I do want to end this off on a lighter note. So um, if you could tell the listeners where we can find your music and if you've got any shows coming up. Yeah, so they can um, find me, um, pretty much my music everywhere, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all um, just under the name Dakota Danielle. My socials are all at Dakota Danielle Music. I have TikTok. I have, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Um, some upcoming shows. All of my shows are on my website, which is just dakotadanielle.com. Super easy. Um, and I, I put all of my show dates on my website. Um, some upcoming shows I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like I play today. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, is, uh, so you're at Big Machine Distillery today? Yes, I am. And then, see, I'm always, like, off the top of my head. I'm like, wait a minute. Where am I playing? <laughs> I'm like, this is why I write these down. I have three date books. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Like, one is, a pa- one is a paper date book. Yep. One is my phone. And then the other one is, like, automatically I go to bands in town and I connect it to my website. So I have like three, I'm like triple checking things. (laughs) But because if one of them fails, you've got a backup. That's smart. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. All right. So we've got you at big machine distillery. You'll be at the row on Wednesday. um, Yep. Yep. True music room on Thursday. I've played there. That's a, that's a fun room. Isn't it? Yes. It's so cool. Yeah. And then uh, you're doing Oktoberfest, September 25th? 
I know it's so weird that it's Oktoberfest in September, <laughs> but it's in my <laughs> it's in my hometown. So cool. that um that one will be fun. Awesome. For sure. Well, good. I hope you enjoy it. And, you know, I don't know if you're a beer drinker, but enjoy some decent Oktoberfest ale for me. Okay. I definitely can do that for you. Wonderful. Well, Dakota, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I appreciate it. And I promise Aaron and I will be talking to you soon about getting you on one of our showcases. That sounds great. I would love to play awesome. in the showcase. Thank you so much for having me today. And I really enjoyed talking to you. It was, I can't wait to meet you in person. (laughs) Likewise, it was a pleasure. Oh, Dakota, my friend, thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you. I can't wait until we actually get to meet each other in Nashville, in person. We're going to have a fantastic time. So, friends, if you want to learn more about Dakota Danielle, you can find her at dakotadanielle.com or you can get on her link tree. It's Dakota Danielle Music. Links will be in the show notes for sure, so please make sure that you go follow her. Like I said, she's going to have an amazing career, so you don't want to miss out. If you want to learn more about Music on the Move Studios, you can find us at musiconthemovestudios.com. Aaron McClendon is doing a webinar next week, and you don't want to miss out on that. It's about stage makeup. So if you need to get a hold of me, you can find me at C-A-I-T-I-E at musiconthemovestudios.com. We'll see you next week, friends. Da, da.